emoji is. All right. If you, hey, hang on. If you know what an emoji is, raise your hand. All right. Everybody look around. If somebody don't have their hands raised, just tell them real quick, okay? How many of you know what an emoticon is? Raise your hand. How many of you, see there's less people with the emoticon than the emoji. So how many of you know the difference between an emoji and emoticon? The numbers are steadily decreasing with each question. But we do have some that know. Well, hello, there we go, it went out. This past week, I learned for the first time what the difference was between an emoticon and an emoji. And so, it's pretty interesting. An emoticon is like a smiley face that, that contains a character that you'd find on your keyboard. So how many of you that you've used an, an emoticon before? It's a, it's a smiley face that, like you, 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 on your keyboard. An emoji is a little cartoon figure that's free from the binds of punctuation numbers and letters. So emoticons are what you, what you, what we used before, I'm sorry, we used before technology brought us to emoji. So emoticons came first, emojis came second, but I want to just test your knowledge, okay? So show me the first one. <laughs> All right, someone from children's ministry this is Family Wednesday. A child, tell me what this means. What, if you see this face, what does it mean to you? Go ahead, shout it out. Mad and angry, all right? All right. Second one. What does this one mean? Go ahead, shout it out. Happy, all right? Pretty uniform there. A big... Toothy smile is happy. So make sure when a guest comes to your church, you give them a big toothy smile. What's the next one? <laughs> that there is a Chiefs fan after Sunday. I mean, no, I'm just. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Too soon, too soon, too soon. My apologies. So what is that? Sad, all right. Next one. Which one is this? How would you describe this? What is it? All right, all right. I'm, I can't hear. So somebody raise your hand, tell me. All right, what is it? Joyful. What, what else? Good. What is it? Excited? Joyful? Okay, anybody else? What, why would you describe this? Well, I got the front row. You know, you guys should do this when I'm preaching. Like, you get excited about something. Literally, the entire front row is going like this. <laughs> Wish we had a camera in the front. You could see this. Online, you're missing this. this is, yeah, well. All right, next one. What is this? Mind blown. All right? Or a mushroom protruding from someone's head. 
Next one. What does this mean? Do you know in one country of the world, this is actually is something vulgar, see? So it depends on the culture. Make sure that you, before you go travel overseas, know what you're doing. Okay, so you guys are saying this means it's good? Okay. How about the next one? What? Oh. What? What does this mean? What is it? Okay, you guys say fist bump. So when is it appropriate to use a fist bump? In greeting. Could you imagine, though, if you came, right, to the United States, and you were like, what are you these and the emojis, which emojis are global. It's not just a United States thing. But let's say you just stepped onto the emoji scene, and somebody sent you this. I mean, is there a chance that you're like, why are you trying to punch me in the face? You know, like. These, these unwritten things that we just kind of have picked up in our culture, if somebody just sent you a message and said this, like, what? Interesting. Well, look at the next one. What does this mean? Love, cuteness, happy, heart, anybody, care. So I've heard this once. Can somebody clarify this? Is there a difference in the color heart you use? This is the most passionate the youth group has been since Youth Congress. My goodness. All right. Can anybody give me a, a breakdown of the colors? So what's the difference between a blue heart, a red heart, a yellow heart, a green heart? Okay, what is it? Blue's friendship. Does anybody know yellow? Yellow's happy heart. Don't walk me into anything bad here because I'm going to send this sometime. I'm going to be like, no, she told me blue was friendship. Yellow's happy heart. Okay. So what is the red heart? Relationship. So I should only send that to my wife. All right. All right. Any other colors I need to know about green? Is that like I love the Packers? No? Well, then what's the difference between this one and the next one? Blinded by love. All right. Hey, we're hearing it from the youth group. They're teaching us all. Okay. Blinded by love. My wife's on her phone probably texting it to me right now. Um, it's not coming through yet, honey. How about this, uh, this last one? What in the world is this trying to say? What's this one saying? Anyone? Anyone? Cool? Is that Aubrey? No, I can't see back there. All right. What? Say it loud. 
What'd she say, David? Old. Cool. Cool. Okay. What do you say up there? Chiefs? Well, tonight, I want to speak on this topic. Because we were all together in the first few, and then the answers dropped off with the last, like, four. But tonight, I want to talk on this topic, online holiness. Online holiness. I learned something about the emoticon and the emoji, and the word emoticon is a shortened form of emotion and icon. Emoticon, and that's where it all started. And now today, how often are we sending texts with just an emoticon? Like, it's, it's easier than typing out an entire thing, you know. Now you can just tap the message and do a ha-ha, exclamation point, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, at least, can you, can you do that on Androids too? I'm just, I'm not being funny. I'm asking. I, I don't have one. So I'm just, okay, you can. Good. All right. All right. So you can see everybody took that personal. I just asked a question. Man. Goodness. All the Android users just tuned off, just logged off the live stream now. So now we'll just, rather than typing somehow, we'll just send a heart, a smiley face, a kissy face, or a red angry face. And so, uh, Brother Caesar, I'm just glad you didn't send me hearts in my eyes, hearts in your eyes. <laughs> and so those pretty much capture what we might be thinking with one button on a phone. And so uh, emojis also will often better convey what we're feeling sometimes rather than typing a text out. Look at the impact that just one word and one emoji can impact one word. Look, check this out, right? Look at this next slide. Has anyone said interesting or interesting or interesting? Like you can pick that up in person, but on a text, if, so, if you text someone something and they respond with the word interesting, that's left for you to interpret. But now throw in an emoji... And now I'm going, oh, okay, they're like, interesting. <laughs> or blinded by love, interesting. <laughs> or, ha, interesting, I'm, I'm laughing so hard, I'm crying. Or interesting, I got to think about that. It clarifies some feelings, even though they're each one word, and so they can bring intent or emotion, but... But there's still a downside to electronic messaging because there are still misunderstandings, miscommunication. Emojis certainly can help with an intent and emotion, but there are still, there's still nothing better than a face-to-face -face conversation. And we can't lose that. That's kind of becoming a lost art. But where we can actually look at someone, and I don't need an emoji when somebody goes, interesting, or... Interesting. I don't know how you're going to convey love eyes, but yeah, I guess you could go interesting. <laughs> so I let my wife know I liked her. I said interesting. <laughs> Digital communication has made it a lot easier to speak bluntly. We can easily stand tall. 
behind a computer screen, type out our words with one finger, text messages, social media, and we can click send like a boss. I can stand behind my computer screen, so yeah, I'm going to tell you how I feel, send. And we say things sometimes that we would, we would never say face to face. We say things and send things feeling really big and bad about ourselves. And when we were face to face, we would never, ever say those things. At least not in that way. This is why anytime I'm dealing with a tense situation or something potentially volatile, I will do the following. I will type out my words on a document. Sometimes my notes app. If you ever steal my phone, don't look at my notes app. But sometimes my notes app, my computer, I will type something out. And it's amazing, when you, when you type out an email, you don't have to send it right away. You can actually leave it as a draft. And I will leave that, and I will then, because I think it helps me sometimes to clarify exactly what I'm thinking and feeling. And then I will step away, go find the prayer closet, and take some deep breaths where I... And then... I'll examine myself, and I will ask God about some things, and oftentimes I'll even ask my wife, so-and-so said this, or typed this, or texted this, and, and what could I have done wrong? Self-examination is a lot more beneficial than just defending myself. And then lastly, if I say, you know what, I'm still feeling this, and I think I, I, think I still need to clarify something, I will reread. Now, I don't do this every time. But when something's potentially volatile or there could be consequences to the words, I will always come back then and I will reread this. Um, oftentimes it's a lot easier to just get frustrated and immediately start texting. Maybe it's not just me, is it? Has anyone ever received an email or a text that you felt was just, just attacked you a little bit? Anyone? All right. And the rest of you, you must not communicate via electronic communication. It's a lot of times easier to just send something. You know, send the all caps. Sometimes I just want to reply to somebody like, why are you shouting at me right now? Or someone asks a question. And they'll go like, are you there? And then there's like seven question marks. You're like, okay. You're angry with me. I get it. It's when the message drips with cynicism and sarcasm. We want to let people know how we feel without taking account really how they feel or what they might be going through. It's amazing the things I read on social media. Things that people will call each other, insinuations that transpire, accusations, sarcasm, arguments. And when I say social media, this is anything. This can be group chats, social media, emails, texting, whatever, electronic communication. I still don't think... In all of my years now on Facebook and social media, I don't think I've yet to see someone win an argument online. Have you ever, I mean, like, has that ever happened where somebody's like, and I'll just tell you right now, if you look at this and you don't even know what you're talking about, boom, boom, and then they get done and then the next person come, jumps in and goes, wow, you made excellent points that I never thought of today. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> I've never seen it. It might have happened somewhere, but I haven't personally seen it. 
And so when highly visible public leaders tweet insults at their opponents, it, ge- it seems to give permission for everyone to voice their frustration and their feelings through social media. And uh, ooh, I'm stepping out on, I'm, I'm walking on eggs now. Woo! Bring politics into the pulpit. Oh, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it fast and I'm going to leave. Our last president, Donald Trump. You can share a boo, whatever, it's fine. But he did a number of things right, in my opinion, certain things that I said, man, that's something I stand for. I align with that. I like that. But I wish someone would have taken his Twitter account away. <laughs> because no matter where you stand in the political spectrum, it's, it's sometimes he, he might have even tweeted something I agree with. But social media attacks are not becoming of leaders. Not a president, not a pastor, not, not, not a CEO of a company. We just, to me, to go on a public platform and just start attacking people and voicing opinions that are directed and cynical toward people, it's just nothing good comes out of that. It's not just President Trump. It's society in general with social media we have at our fingertips right now. I mean, wh- while I'm speaking, I can log into a social media account And I can begin to share what I'm feeling right now. Which you would like to think a pastor standing in a pulpit, the only thing you ever feel in the pulpit is Jesus flowing through you. (laughs) But every once in a while when somebody's sound asleep during my message, I'm thinking about other things once in a while. (laughs) I'm like, yes. Bible says lay hands on the sick. That person is fixing to get sick. I'm going to lay hands on them. No, we could, we could, we could, we could stand here and, and I could right now begin to voice my feelings across the entire world. It's amazing. And I need to take a moment. I say it with a smile, but I'm dead serious. To commend the youth of this generation You guys overall, you do an amazing job with the power that you have at your fingertips, with social media. If you would have given me a platform at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old to where at any moment I could voice, I could air all of my feelings to the entire world. Is there anybody in there like, late 30s, 40s, 50s, that you know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, Lord, thank you, God, that I did not have a social media platform. Raise your hand if you're with me on that, okay? (laughs) Because we are emotional beings, and sometimes, you know, I think about what I felt and went through maybe as a teenager and during every crush or heartbreak. Oh, I can just tell the world about it. After every game-winning shot or terrible game where I went 0 for 12 or something, I could just tell the world about it. When I was frustrated with my teacher, my parents, she's talking, so that's good. Um, <laughs> mainly dad. Mainly dad, not, 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 not you. <laughs> mainly dad, not you. Um, if I was talking about my parents, I could tell everybody. Or when I wanted to buy something expensive or maybe didn't have the money. Or when I listened to a song or watched a movie, I shouldn't have watched. But other people were talking about it, so I chimed in on the conversation. I mean, like, I would have gotten myself in so much trouble. So I commend 
the youth of this generation. I just can't imagine what I would have done. It's so important that you keep it up and that you're wise because I was talking to a pastor just about two months ago. And he told me that he was looking, he was hiring someone for his church to work on staff. And he said, the very first thing that I did is I went back and I went to his Facebook page and I looked over the last several years of posts because I wanted to see what kind of a person I was getting, not in the interview, not in the pulpit, but what types of volatile things got their attention? What did they post? How did they share their emotions? What types of things? He says, because my biggest thing is I didn't want drama. And he said, so before I hired someone, I wanted to know what kind of drama they invited into their lives by looking at their social media accounts. Every post, every text, every picture, they all have the potential to live on forever and ever and ever and ever. There are athletes that are getting drafted right now that they have to answer questions about something that they posted on an account when they were 14 years old. Now, to me, honestly, I'm willing to say, I don't even think that's fair. In an immature moment, somebody could have posted something, and to literally now be in your 20s looking to get a scholarship, move on to a pro team, and have to stand at media day before a professional team. Joey Bosa had to do this, right, Chad, in San Francisco? Had to stand up and, and, and address things that he, he texted or tweeted years and years and years and years ago. But here he is addressing it. It's amazing how today there are people who are losing jobs, careers, opportunities, simply because someone brings up a post from a decade ago. And so a wise proverb says this, because where's the biblical application, right? Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And I think that's the same for in person or online. A good reminder all across the board, this works for school friends, on your job, and even in our marriages. I'm just going to tell her right now where she's wrong. I'll tell her what I think. <laughs> so you walk away being like, yes, I won tonight. Yeah, what did you win? <laughs> A free night on the couch. Other Proverbs warn against venting in anger. Proverbs 14, 17 says, short-tempered people do foolish things, and schemers are hated. 20, 29, 22, Proverbs, Book of Wisdom. An angry person starts fights. You ever just, you ever just see people like constantly getting in fights with others? You're just like, man, there's a, and, they're, and they're, they'll tell you about the, the problems that are in the world, and you're like, oh, there's a couple right there, too. Angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. This is not just for us. This is for our kids, too. If our kids have anger issues, we can't just sit back and hope they grow out of it. We have to do them a favor. We have to take on that battle. It is a must-win for parents because if our kids cannot control their emotions, Proverbs 25, 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls, which in the ancient days, if you were a city and you didn't have walls, 
it was just a matter of time and you would absolutely be obliterated and destroyed. It was just until somebody traveled through your area and took the city down. You, every ancient city needed to have walls. And so this writer says, hey, you, you, you don't have self-control. You're like a city without walls. You're going to be destroyed. It's just a matter of time. So we have, to, we have to not only win this for ourselves, but for our kids too. And so before picking up a device to text, send an email, post to social media, uh, air a grievance, let's all pray first and take it to the Lord. Okay, God, here's what I got going on. Don't send or post anything volatile without first praying about it. You know what often happens to me when I pray about something like this is I actually, I'll calm down. I sometimes will, sometimes, not every time, sometimes I'll actually see their point. Even if they came at me wrong, there are times where I look and I go, yeah, but oh, God and prayer, he'll show something to me and he'll say, you know, I'll feel like, you know, this person has a point. I actually could improve in this area. So instead of sending an angry or defensive message or my red-faced emoji with my frown, one that could cause conflict and disaster, there can now be restoration in a relationship where two people can focus more on God rather than on the tension that's going on between them simply because we had self-control and paused before responding. See, this is principles. Wednesday nights are principles for life. This is a real life principles, real life stuff here. Last week, we talked about holiness, and I spoke a message entitled, An Overview of Holiness. The word holiness can sometimes evoke an image of just like outer external appearance, which I, I tried to explain last week that although outer appearance is absolutely part of holiness, it is not the only component of holiness. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to last week's lesson, because we looked at a whole wide scope, an overview of it. People in our world may notice our dress and our appearance first, but it won't be long before they notice inward characteristics. If you have a negative, offended, or critical spirit, it is a matter of time, and it will shine through eventually. You can only act the part so long before the real you starts to come out. Hopefully, the real you is, is the Spirit of God and His work in our lives. But it'll shine through eventually. This is why Paul writes to the Colossian church in 4.6. Colossians 4.6, it says, Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Easier said than done, Paul. I don't know anybody who always has the right response for everyone. Well, what's right? Well, I think the only one that's right is God. He's the only one that's always perfect. So we always want to align our responses with, hey, does this line up with Scripture? If, if I respond this way, am I reflecting Jesus Christ? I'm not saying you just let everybody walk all over you all the time. That's not the case. But everything should be done with love, patience, compassion. Every response should have the fruit of the Spirit in it, which is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. If every one of our responses has the fruit of the Spirit in it, I think we're going to be right. The conversation is not limited to digital. 
It's face to face. It's all of it. We read last week, 1 Timothy 2.8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Prayer is the antidote for angry outbursts. You have a problem with anger? Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I get, I get frustrated and I, and I do stuff and sometimes I hit things. I just heard today, I think it might have been a party. I don't even know if he was angry. But a Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, I'm from Milwaukee. The Brewers won the NL Central and one of their relievers are, is not going to be able to pitch in the postseason because he drank alcohol and punched a wall and broke his hand of his throwing hand. That is the epitome of a word, but I don't want to say in case parents tell their kids not to say that word. So he, that's just crazy. But he says the, the epitome, the epitome to anger is prayer. Or I'm sorry, the antidote, not the epitome. The antidote to anger is prayer. I was looking at you like he didn't mean that. You're looking strange. It's nigh to impossible to live a total, complete life of worship while still holding on to anger and doubt. You can't live a life of worship while holding on to anger and doubt. It won't happen. And so the key to release this and walk in God's plan is, is to be in prayer about these things. Prayer, hear me, prayer is the key to everything I'm talking about tonight. I know it doesn't feel like it. No, you started with funny emoticons and it doesn't really fit. No, yeah, but prayer is, it's the key. Because if, if you leave tonight, if you're a child and your parents say, what did you get out of the sermon? If you're a kid and they say, well, pastor said that we shouldn't post mean stuff. That's a part, but you're missing something. So hear me. What is in you will eventually come out. That's why we as apostolic Pentecostal believers believe in the infilling of the Spirit because this fruit of the Spirit is what I just said, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. So that comes from His Spirit and His Spirit working in our lives. So guess what? I want my life to be a reflection of His Spirit working in me. And so this is why I place emphasis on prayer. If you are not a praying person, that does not mean altar calls twice a week. If you're not a praying person day in and day out, you have to think about the physical and the spiritual. If all you ate was two meals, you have what? Three meals a day times seven, 21 meals a week or something. I like to eat a little more than that. I'm a growing boy. But if you eat 21 meals a week, and you say, you know what, this next couple weeks, I'm only eating two. I'm going to feed myself physically like I feed myself spiritually, and I'm going to see how well I do. A lot of people losing weight around here, right? I mean, if we're honest, because I think all of us could improve our prayer lives. I can too, and so if, it's just a matter of time. If I'm not a praying person, it's a matter of time before I'm offend, I, I am an offended person. I am a bitter person. I am a defensive person. I'm a selfish person. So if I don't pray, it's a matter, because then it's not the works of the Spirit in my life, it's the works of the flesh in my life. And so I start walking after the flesh rather than walking after the Spirit. That's why fasting is important too. It denies that flesh, replaces it with prayer, and we say, okay, I'm going to push the flesh down and start to walk in the Spirit. Eventually, what is inside, eventually what's inside will come out. 
As I said last week, holiness is both physical and spiritual. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Paul says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore, because he bought you with a price, because of that, we need to glorify God with our body, and notice it says, and spirit, which are God's. That's why I said last week, there is an external element to holiness. That's why he says, with your body and spirit. Body is external, spirit is internal. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Notice, again, holiness is mentioned in the context of flesh and spirit. Flesh is that external. Spirit is that internal. And so like last week, we talked about physical characteristics, external things. Tonight, we're focusing more on these internal things, and, and both belong to God. And I know we can justify ourselves all day long. Well, she posted this. I ain't going to just let her say that. He said this. I had to respond. Fine, respond, but just make sure you're taking a moment, walking away, praying, God, what do I need to respond? to this is what they said it felt like it was attacking me maybe they're even wrong for the way they brought it to me but what in there could be true because I need to examine myself because it's a whole lot easier even in marriage right spouse brings something we want we're just waiting for them to get done talking so then we can tell them all the reasons they're wrong we're what comes naturally to us is self-defense and so we have to do what's not natural and go, okay, God, help me, mold me, make me the person you want me to be. And sometimes God will send people into your life to sand off the rough edges. Hopefully that's not your spouse. That's somebody else is what I'm talking about. But we have people in our lives that will just uh, prod you to the point where you're just like, oh, Lord. But he, he's, he's making you what he wants you to be if you'll allow him to. Paul writes an entire list to follow in his letter to the Ephesian church. Check this out. Talk about a great synopsis, and I'm almost done. Ephesians 4.25, he says, he writes to the church. These are not some people in the world, unbelievers. He's like, no, this, this is church people. He says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives foothold to the devil. There you go. I mean, like the Bible's jam-packed with stuff about anger. Anger gives foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Seems like common sense, right? Instead, use your hands for good hard work. I wanted to tell the thief that took my radio and cut my radio out of my truck a couple weeks ago this. I wanted to just preach to him. Say, if you're a thief, quit cutting radios out of my truck and go to work, man. <laughs> and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Don't you want, don't you find yourself gravitating more to encouraging people? Like, you got those people that are like, hey, can I talk to you? You're like, oh, man. And you start racking your brain like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> I, I wish I was joking. And then there's other people like, hey, man, I want to talk to you. You're like, sweet. Yeah, what do you got? I want to be an encourager. 
And don't bring sorrow to God's spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. You're a reflection of him, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be ye kind, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Just, I like that closing line, just as Christ has forgiven you. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I've done a lot where I needed forgiveness. You look at this list. Stop lying and start speaking the truth. When angry, don't give in to sin. Get it, get it over, get it taken care of before the day's end. Quit stealing. Go to work. Be givers. Choose words wisely, carefully. Speak only uplifting words of grace. Don't disappoint God's spirit with your actions. Abandon negative behaviors expressing rage, harsh words, accusations, and hateful attitudes. And then be kind and merciful, forgiving just as God forgave you and was kind and merciful to you. It's a great synopsis. So church, as we close this out tonight, whether we're communicating face-to-face in a recorded message for sharing with text or personal email or posting to social media or a group chat or platform. Let's follow not only the synopsis that Paul just gave us in Ephesians, but how about what 1 Peter 1.15 says? But as he which hath called you is holy, 1 Peter 1.15, be ye holy in So people will, oh yeah, well God doesn't address the things we deal with today. What does it say about the internet? What does it say about, well it doesn't say anything. The internet, well, Paul and Peter could have really changed the world if they had the internet. But we have principles. So God didn't have to say, and when you're face to face, when you're posting on social media, when you're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, when you use group chats, when you uh, send out emails, when you send out letters, handwritten, snail mail, you know, he didn't have to say all this stuff. He said, hey, here we go. Be holy in every single method of communication. And there are, I I had a minor in in communication studies, major in journalism, mass communication. There are so many different types of communication, nonverbal communication, business and professional communication, marital and family communication. You are communicating something every day. Every single day. I mean, like, we showed the emoticons, but if you're here and you're like this, you're communicating something. If you're like this, you're communicating something. If you're holding your spouse's hand, you're communicating something. If you're sitting to your spouse like this, You're communicating something. And in just a moment when I say, would you stand to your feet and come to an altar? Your response communicates something. To God and to the people around you. Sometimes people are afraid to come to an altar because they're like, well, yeah, he preached about those of you struggling. And if I go to that altar, then everybody's going to think I'm struggling. 
The only people that are paying attention are the ones not responding themselves. I never want any message to go forth where I don't respond. Because no matter what the topic is, I want to find a place and I want to say, God, I just heard a word from, your script, from, from Scripture, from the Bible. And so if it's about giving or serving or lust or prayer or fasting or reading the word, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. No matter what, I want to be the man you want me to be. I'm going to find a place to pray every single time I come to church. Because as long as the preacher's preaching from the Bible, which I fully intend to always do, you're going to hear a biblical principle that I can find a place and go, God, make me what you want me to be. Mold and shave me what, whatever you want to do. And tonight we're specifically speaking about online communication and online holiness. Because online holiness, it's not just what you're putting on Facebook tonight. It's the fact that what is on the inside is making its way out. Every time you communicate, what's pouring out is what's been put in. That's why one of the lessons went on the, the Now What Discipleship course that I wrote, one of the whole lessons is all, is all about lines must be drawn. It's about, it's about entertainment. Oh boy, the rules of the church for entertainment. No. It's the fact that when all I watch is that and I, and I view those images and I hear those things and those words, eventually when I get frustrated, the words that I saw portrayed in before my eyes and came to my ears, those are the things that start to, to spill out of me. Oh, I don't know where that came from. I don't normally talk like that. I'll tell you where it came from. It came in somewhere. It made its way in somewhere. And so for me, holiness too is saying, there's a line that I draw that there's certain things I'm not going to listen to, certain things I'm not going to view. Somebody sings a song, I don't care how catchy it is, they're singing about a principle that's against God's word. I'm not listening to that for entertainment. Same thing with what we view. And so everything, this is not just online communication. It is about what's on the inside will make its way out. And so the only way to combat that, to be the person God wants us to be, is to be a person of prayer. A person where we allow His Spirit to impact us and mold and shape us. And sometimes we look at what people say and it might hurt, and they might have even meant it to hurt. But when we're the people God wants us to be, we can step back and go, okay, before I respond, is there any truth in this? Before I respond, is there anything you're trying to do in my life to make me reflect your image, even though it's painful right now? And so I invite you to stand to your feet tonight. And I invite you to find a place at the front or wherever you need to, to find a place to respond to God and just say, God, help me. It's easy for me to be like, well, this ain't me. Oh, I don't do that. No, let's just take a moment and be like, God, help me. Help me to look at myself, to, to just look inside and be like, Lord, is there, is there anything that I need to change or fix? Or, Lord, please help me. Help me to just look inside and just, God, I want, to, I, want, I want a set of safeguards. I want to be wise. I want to have a method in the way that I respond to people and not just run off my emotions. 
Help all of us, Jesus, children, students, adults, men and women. Help us all to be a reflection of who you are. In Jesus' name.